the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Scott Furrow with you. You know, today we have uh, a lot of young adults, if you're not aware of that, and uh, times have changed, but the reason for the ministry and the great hope of it hasn't. With me to talk about that is Lisa Anderson. She is the director of Young Adults for Focus on the Family, the world's leading Christian organization dedicated to helping families, and uh, she manages Boundless, which is celebrating 25 years of ministry. Lisa, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. So great to be here, Pastor Scott. Thanks so much. Well, it's great to have you. Now, we just had you a couple of weeks ago, actually, on our show. Uh, but welcome <laughs> back. And uh, we said, hey, she's celebrating 25 years or, you know, in this ministry. Or Boundless is celebrating 25 years, and that's quite an accomplishment. So congratulations. Well, thank you. I haven't been there for the whole 25 right. years. In fact, I can't even take credit for starting the ministry. That was an amazing team. But yeah, how it did has it been come about? Yeah, how did yeah, Boundless so- start? It was really a couple who had met at Regent University and had started a digital kind of webzine there for fellow students. They came over to Focus, were part of our public policy initiative, and decided, hey, why don't we start a college webzine for students to help them navigate worldview um, and just stuff going on in cam- you know on campus? And I mean, if you can believe it, this is only four years after people actually started using the internet, like to any extent. You know, you, you were saying so, webzine. Uh, do we even call I, no. that right anymore. No, yeah. but that's what it was at the time. And I mean, this was like risky for them to do a ministry that was entirely digital at that time, but young adults were the one to do it with. And so it morphed then into more young professionals as that college age crowd uh, kind of aged out of that and started talking about dating, career, finances, the culture, and all the craziness that's going on there. So that's where we live today. You know, when I was a part of that ministry, one of the things that that the church was just beginning to realize was that, you know, people aren't getting married in college or right after college and starting a family. People are are becoming professionals or going to graduate school or spending some time trying to figure out what to do because I went to school for four years, got a major in something that I hate. And, uh, you know, things changed. And there's there's a group of people in their 20s in particular, post-college, that is – it's such a great, rich ministry area. Plus, these are people, right, who um, maybe they left the church when they went to college, but now they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And I mean, if you think of, I often tell people this, Focus on the Family started in 1977, when the average marrying age was 21 for women and 23 for men. Mm. That has now aged to 28 for women and 30 for men. So there's an entire decade jump there, which isn't all good, you know, I mean, culturally, as we look at that. But also, I don't want to say like, oh, my goodness, all these crazy single people, we need to solve their problem because Pastor Scott, I'm single. So I don't want to be. (laughs) I don't want to be this outlier that's like a broken toy that has to be fixed. But that said, 
Um, culturally, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot to look at there. And, and even in the faith space where we've seen deconstruction happening now mm. in the church and beyond, um, the good news is, is that you're, if you're a young adult and you're a Christian in today's world, um, your faith is probably real because you no longer can just coast in this cultural Christianity in the landscape that we're in. And so it's calling out really those who are, are going to live out their faith and be disciples. And that's a good thing on many spheres. I think the research bears that out. We usually hear, right, oh, young people aren't going to church and this is the worst it's ever been. But I actually read that if you if you really look at it and you look at the number of younger adults who are committed to church, that actually things are a lot better now than they used to be, probably for the reason you just mentioned. You have to be committed if you're going to go. Yeah. And you look at my audience. I mean, we have a lot of first Christians at Boundless who, or either they're the first believers in their family or they're young adult Christians who kind of have taken their parents to task for living out this kind of lukewarm, lame Christianity mm. that has been all about the American dream and let's just be comfortable and successful. And so they're like, absolutely not. I mean, they're, they're rabidly podcasting Tim Keller and Francis Chan and John Piper, and they're getting serious and they're like, we do not that the answers that we've been given are no longer good enough for what we are facing in our lives and in the culture with the rates of anxiety, depression, mental health issues, suicide, uh, the culture, gender identity issues. I mean, this is like serious business for, for this generation. And so they're ready to go after it and, and hopefully setting an example for everyone else. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Lisa Anderson. She's the director of Young Adults and host of The Boundless Show at Focus on the Family, celebrating 25 years of that ministry. So when did you start at Boundless? I was there actually at the beginning of the show, which started 15 years ago. And no joke, Pastor Scott, I was running our media relations team at the time. Can't remember if I told you and your listeners this story, but um, the team that was running Boundless at the time, three married dudes with kids, and they were like, we're going to start a podcast. You're single. You like to talk. Do you want to host this thing? And I said, let me give it a whirl. And that was 15 years ago when I actually was a young adult um, and I started that. And so now I, I'm hopefully just that cool older aunt who's like helping young adults along the way and uh, ho hopefully navigating some of the spaces that I didn't do too well in. So we'll see how I've done. There's always an advantage of uh, <clears throat> getting a little bit older and saying, yeah, here's how I screwed up, right? And, and Oh, exactly. Uh, you know, or I and being so thing. honest about it, being yeah. just like, you know what, don't make the same mistakes I did. I'm going to save you some hurt and some heartache. Yeah. yeah. And that's what young people need from anybody who is older, even married couples or single people, is that it's okay to say, hey, I, I could have done this better. Oh, absolutely. And there are so many arenas in which that can be done. In fact, I, I often will do a, a talk at churches and elsewhere conferences that I call advice to my 20 something self. And I pick about five different areas of life, finances, career, faith stuff, relationships. And I say, here are some great things. I'm going to set you up to learn a few things that you can learn now. And by knowing these things now and not like learning them in your 30s, you're going to save yourself time and energy and hopefully it'll be helpful. Yeah. What's an example of one of those things? So now you look at somebody in their 20s and what do you want to tell them? What do you want to say? Hey, here's what I did wrong or here's something you got to pay attention to now. What would you tell them? 
Yeah, let's see. I'll give I'll give two really quickly. One is in the area of faith. I say, find a way to study the Bible that works for you. Mm. So here's what I did in my teens and 20s. I took everyone else's plans and all the things that work for them, and I tried to shoehorn myself into them. So this idea of like, I'm going to get up at 4.30 a.m. and study the Bible and pray for two and a half hours, that lasted about two days uh, for me. And then I crashed and burned. And then I was like, I'm not a good Christian. I can't do this. But I found that by doing studies that include homework and doing them in a community setting and having people around me that I know on Thursday night, this is going to happen and they're going to ask me what I learned. Mm. That's very motivating for me. And so, but it was like, took me, it was 10 years ago, Pastor Scott, when I actually learned how to actually do that well. So, you know, everyone says about prayer, like you got to do that acts, you know, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving. And I was getting into all these formulas and it just drove me bananas. And so uh, figuring that out, finding a way to own your faith in a way that works for you. And I think the other thing maybe I'll share is uh, like in the relationship space, dating, uh, this idea of creating some crazy list that you're going to look for in a spouse. Um, I had a list of uh, like a hundred things that I created in junior high and clearly, yeah, clearly that didn't work out for me. Um, So I've narrowed that down to about four or five things that are non-negotiables. And if young adults go after that and start out with those things, including a person who's in a position to marry, they're actually an adult, they're a disciple of Jesus Christ, they are humble and teachable, and they're headed in generally the same direction you are life-wise, you can date that person and actually get to know them and you might have some success there. But whether or not they play the guitar or um, you know like hip hop or have a certain hair color, not as important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think those are, those are, you're bringing back so many flashbacks for me for, you know, <laughs> back in those days, you know, we put a lot of, I feel like even as the church, we, in the church, we put more pressure on that kind of thing, whether it be prayer programs or this is how you have to do it. Here's the formula. And mm-hmm. why do we do that? Why do we feel like if that formula doesn't work for me, that somehow I'm not good enough or there isn't anything else out there. Yeah, well, I I think primarily because we're just addicted to performance and Mm. to checking off lists and tally sheets. And I think that's the kind of Christianity that now is, you know, a young adult generation is just saying, I can't do that. This is not attainable. And so, um, you know, I've always uh, worked, I feel like much of my young adulthood years, I worked under this construct of like, I'm I'm okay with God having done about 85% of the work, but I want to add that last 15 so I can feel like it can contributor, instead of just saying, you know what, that's the whole purpose of grace is God has stepped in and done what I could never do. And even when it comes to showing up, you know, rather than me saying like, I better read a chapter of the Bible today for me to just spend time and be like, like a child, like God encourages us to do in his word and just come to him needy. And needy is a great place to start when you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's exactly where Uh, the rubber hits the road, where our heart gets engaged, and where we can actually see some growth. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Lisa Anderson, the Director of Young Adults and host of the Boundless Show and podcast. It's at Focus on the Family. You can find out more at boundless.org. Lisa, how you've been involved since, what, 2008 doing this podcast? Yep. And that was a long time ago now. That's 15 years almost. That's, I know. That's a long, I can't believe it. That's a long time when you think about how the world has changed. You know, 2008, you know, George Bush was still president. We 
uh, didn't have much of social media. Facebook was barely a thing, and uh, MySpace was beginning to be a thing. And now those things, I think, control young adults. Like TikTok is just addictive for everybody today. What would you say the the major change has been for young adults and how they approach uh, faith over that 15 years? Sure. Yeah. I mean, even in these 15 years, you know, I've, I've talked to some people and I've gone back to 98 when Boundless started. And you think like, first, go back there. Online dating platforms had not been invented. Right. Uh, dating apps, nothing there. Um 9-11 hadn't happened. Many in my audience do not remember 9-11 and mm-hmm. they don't remember living life prior to a terrorist threat on the daily. And so now, you know, even 2008, social media has taken over and a digital experience has taken over and in fact replaced many relational elements that used to be there. And that's why when I alluded to the the sense of loneliness and isolation we have in our culture, the struggle with mental health issues, the feeling of not belonging, the feeling of having to perform, I mean, millennials and Gen Z burnout generations, uh, for sure, the gig economy having come after them and said, you know, you're not even, you're not going to be able to make ends meet. They're priced out of the housing economy. The American dream is not available to them. And so, and yet they're, they're generations of wanting purpose. They will prioritize purpose and influence over money or material things any, any day of the week. And so I think that's where faith has a great opportunity to intersect with them to say, you know, this is no longer a just show up and do church kind of culture. This is no longer a let's just sample a little bit of spirituality here and think that everything's okay. And so as a result, you know, we're seeing both the pain of that, of, of young adults calling into question everything they thought of as their faith, but then also deciding to read God's word for themselves. And so that's ending up to be a great plan for a young adult yeah. generation that needs answers. Maybe the pendulum is swinging that way. When I started in a young adult ministry, you know, people were professionals. They they really wanted to know the Word of God. Like if we strayed away from, you know, we did something too topical or too much on one thing, they really wanted. But that changed. I used to do a talk, and I give it to college and young adults, and it was about the book of Proverbs. And I called it 50 Reasons Why People Don't Like You. And we laughed about <laughs> it, you know. Are you rude? Are you lazy? And we had all these things. We laughed. But somewhere in the mid-2000s, that same talk became offensive. It became something where I felt it as a speaker, like they're not responding. And I had to change it. I had to do Proverbs now. I can't even be creative with it. There is an insecurity that uh, I think everybody has, because you notice this in senior adult ministry too, that we as human beings have that insecurity. What are some great ways to help young adults identify that and then really look to Christ for their identity and their hope in, in life where the future seems weird? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is my whole premise for even doing Boundless. People will say to me, oh, it's so great that you do Boundless. You can give young adults dating tips or you can help them create a budget or manage their finances or understand the importance of church. All of those are great. But on any given day, I say the reason Boundless exists is that if I can get my audience studying God's word, understanding it and applying it on a Tuesday, I will have done my job. Mm -hmm. And that all comes down to they need to know who God is and who God says they are. 
If they don't understand that, they're going to be caught up in the crazy of looking for their purpose in other people. They're going to get in dead-end relationships. They're going to start cohabiting. They're going to get into this revolving door of the hookup culture and constantly looking for that fulfillment. Or it's going to turn in another direction. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a, a prosperity element or a, well, I need to find myself by becoming a YouTube influencer and look at all the success and all the amazing experiences that my friends are having. And so I think for for us, it's always coming back to what does God say about who you are? And when life is hard, what has God promised? And if we don't know that, and if we can't hold on to that, then we are really left holding the bag. And and that's where I say so many in my audience are becoming influencers in their own churches, their own families, their own communities, because they're kind of turning back on the boomers and saying, hey, y'all, all of this stuff that you've set yourself up for, this comfort, this I've got a big old 401k, I've at least got my home, I've at yeah. least got, <laughs> what's that getting for you, you know, at this point? And, you know, all these parents who are freaking out because their kids have left the nest and now they don't have an identity. They've put too much stock in their kids and raising mm. their kids. And, oh, I put my kids in youth group and so they're going to turn out okay. Well, they're not okay uh, and, unless they figure out their faith for themselves. And so, I think this generation is setting a great example for getting down to what's real, being genuine about uh, bringing up these issues and kind of going from there. What would you tell uh, older adults who uh, want to invest in younger generations, but maybe they're a little freaked out? You know, I mean, they've got tattoos, you know, uh, when I, <laughs> even when I was in college, some people kind of were getting tattoos, but you were still kind of rebellious. Like you didn't really, yeah. you know, you probably your grades probably weren't that good, but now everybody's got it. You know, yeah. and I think things like that and the piercings and the, the visual things and the the technology that's just different. How does a uh, older adult, however you want to define older, maybe it's 45 and up, uh, invest in younger generations? Yeah, I have three words for them. Just show up. Okay, if you show up in the life of a young adult person, you have already won great capital with them relationally. Because I think, you know, this is funny. I was not long ago at a class, I'll tell on my own church here, a class at my church that was on faith and science. And it was very informative. It was fantastic. I was literally the youngest person in the class. All these oldsters were there just after it of like, oh my goodness, let me break down DNA and figure out how God was involved in intelligent design. It was fantastic. But I remember these precious grandparents taking copious notes and saying, okay, well, I need to get this to my grandson because he's kind of starting to argue whether the Bible's true and whatnot. And I said, okay, this is all good. You're going to have information, but here's what's really going to work with your grandson. Have him over for lunch. Like, ask him some questions. Find out what's going on in his life. Let him talk. The relational component that has to happen with young adult generations that prioritize story and experience much more so um, above any kind of empirical proofs or anything else we can bring to the table fact-wise, um, we've got to start with that, with relationship, because relationships are, there's just a dearth of relationships out there right now. And so I think young, uh, older folks who are willing to say, and again, mentorship can be a very scary word because they think this young adult wants me to mentor them. I'm going to be stuck with them for 20 years and they're going to get all weird on me. And I'm like, no, just take them out for coffee and ask them about their life or vice versa. Let them invite you out for coffee and maybe 
share something that you know how to do. It yeah. might be how to balance a budget. It might be how to change a, you know, um, change the oil on your car or something. Just simple life skills that young adults need to learn and they want you to show them. And it's a great start to an amazing relationship. And everybody can do that. You know, you don't have to Everyone. be a scholar. You know something. And uh, yeah. the relationship matters so, so well. My guest is Lisa, Lisa Anderson from Focus on the Family. She's the director of Young Adults and host of the Boundless Show and podcast. You can find out more at boundless.org. Why is, the, why is it called Boundless? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I actually asked that of our founders uh, right. on our yeah. show why that's going to be that? airing this week. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of a, a couple things. One is obviously for young adults, they are entering a boundless season of their life where they're going to be making some of the biggest decisions of their life around relationships, a mate, uh, education choices, career choices. Uh, so there is that. There's also the component of recognizing the boundless grace of God in our lives and the fact that we definitely need that and need him to be present uh, in that space. And then also the third leg on the stool is the boundless possibilities of the digital space that Boundless was built in. And so it really did take off by eliminating paper, eliminating constructs. It made Boundless available truly worldwide. And right now we have probably about a 23% international audience for Boundless that is so cool to see how God is working around the world. And we're able to connect young adults in that space as well. That's a that's a brilliant name. You know, something I think really that uh, obviously the Lord has ordained and he's kept uh, this ministry around for 25 years and you with it for 15 years. So congratulations uh, in Thank that. And I'm so, so glad that you're in this space with young adults. Lisa Anderson is my guest. You can learn more about Boundless. You can subscribe to their podcast. Go to boundless.org on uh, your, your internet device. <laughs> I'm an old guy all of a sudden. Internet. Where did I ever get that from? In my life, I've never said that till just now. Uh, boundless.org. That's the website to go to. And you can subscribe to the podcast. There's other great information on there. Anything else you want to leave us with here, uh, Lisa? I think just exactly kind of where you were talking before, Pastor Scott, of just if you know a young adult, just spend some time with them. Yeah. The investment, the legacy potential for this next generation is so huge. And so thank you to you and your team, even for having this conversation, because it's so important to be looking around us and saying, who's coming up behind me and who can I invest in? Lisa Anderson, thank you for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show. Absolutely. All right. Boundless.org. That is the website coming up. We have Jennifer Horn from The Morning Answer on our sister station, who's got a great opportunity for you if you are interested in going to an event that uh, they are putting on here uh, coming up uh, on October 1st. And hold on, we'll tell you more about that and a special discount code as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Lisa, thank you. Thank you for being Yay. with me. And, uh, sorry, Thank I'm not, you like, so much. I'm not looking at you because I have the Zoom camera here, but I have the, the the streaming camera over here. You're fine. Well, I am literally house and cat sitting here, so this is not my place, not FYI. <laughs> I'm not in some prosperity gospel situation. But this cat is, like, wanting me to feed her, and I'm like, do not walk across the camera. So no problem. But <laughs> That would have been awesome. perfectly fine, though, actually. And Thank you for what <laughs> so you do. Fun. It's a lot of fun, and oh, uh, I really super. appreciate that. Well, stay in touch, and yeah, love what you're doing there too. So, thanks again. Thanks. We'll have you. Uh, we'll have you on. Uh, uh, I'm getting all kinds of texts now from friends about internet device. At oh, least, at least my nice. friends are watching and, mo and mocking me during it. 
At least you didn't say uh, that World Wide Web. The World like, Wide Web. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have friends that can give you a hard time. That's you got to have good. that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank so. you very much for being with us. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Right, you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, and uh, great to be with you. Hey, there's an event coming up that I want to invite you to, and with me to talk about it is Jennifer Horn. Jen- Jennifer Horn is the co-host of The Morning Answer, heard on our sister station, AM870, The Answer, right here in Los Angeles, and also AM590, The Answer, in the Inland Empire. Jen, welcome to The Pastor Scott Show. I am so happy to be here with you, Pastor Scott. I'm a huge fan, and we're like roommates, but we're like ships passing in the night at the old radio ranch. I know. We're in the same room. We do the in the same studio, <laughs> right. and we just pass in the in the day. You yeah. Know. Uh, when I leave in the morning, I just put my hand out, and then you tag in, and you take over the rest of the day. It's great. That's right. And uh, I'm sorry when I'm late because somebody has to be in the studio, otherwise, you know, <laughs> we right. can't leave. So it's uh, frustrating for me. I have to spend the night. Exactly. You know. But uh, yeah. Well, it's great to have you here with us today. And uh, hey, how about those Dodgers? You're a Dodger fan. Right? I am a Dodger fan, especially now that they kind of righted their wrongs. Yeah, kind you of. You know, with the you know, sisters uh, of perpetual indulgence. That whole thing. Uh, you know, I'm trying to emotionally deal with that. Me too. As a Dodger fan, that was a tough one, but I still am supportive of the team. The team has done many good things. They are good to military first responders. So, you know, I've, I've gotten past it. I, my very, like other than my parents, the voice that I probably know best in life is Vin Scully. Oh yeah. So I am a Dodger fan. I'm so happy they clinched the West and it's been a special year because they had so many injuries, trading away Justin Turner, a big, like some big losses during the season, but they seem to have taken their ragtag bunch and put together quite a good team. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I do have a lot of Dodger cynicism over the last few I years. I know, me too. You but know? I'm always, you know, I'm an optimist. Yeah. Um, but I know it is rough. You yeah. always, they always say that the Dodgers off season is kind of like a toy. There's a choking hazard, you know. Yeah, that's right. My uh, one of my best friends is a Padre fan, mm. and I always try to explain to him that it's a one way rivalry. We don't that's really right. care the same way they care, right? <laughs> Uh, but he likes to get me. He goes, yeah, the Dodgers are, are maybe the best regular season team there is. I think that's true, that's actually. probably actually true and also painful. Yeah, it is, is painful. But that's all right. As that's a lifelong right. fan, you're right about that. That's right. Well, <laughs> This is our year, though, Pastor Scott. <laughs> this is our year. You know? <laughs> so I say every spring and off season. Right. You know, they only said that in Boston for 100 years. Yeah, that's right. right. So, you know, so hopefully we're not going to become that. Uh, you know, this is a, I tell our audience all the time, you tell your, this year, I think the next 13, 14 months mm-hmm. up until the 2024 election is going to be insane. Oh yeah. Absolutely insane. Chaos. It's going to be chaos and we don't know what's going to happen. So my thing, and I have a, I have a bet with uh, Dave here at the station mm-hmm. that Biden's not the candidate and I've sought that forever. He'll, he's not going to be the guy. We're yeah. going to, he, he, David's going to owe me a steak dinner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if I want to get in on that action because I'm a little – there are a couple of things. So I would see why Democrats would want to get Joe Biden out because he is – people have lost faith in him. 
His polling he, is bad, even on the Democratic Party. And, and I don't like to let him off the hook for being corrupt by saying now that he is someone who is suffering. I don't diagnose people on the air because I'm not a doctor, but there's clearly something we've I seen. I do because I'm a pastor. I know. That's right. See, that's fine. I look at him and I go, come on, you guys are you guys are taking care of your parents. You're watching him and you're going, well, today was a good day for Grandpa. That's he had right. a good day today. He remembered people's names and he almost got off the stage. Okay. But clearly he's in decline. He's not yeah. the same body. I think but everybody that, sees that. But that doesn't mean that we should let him off the hook for the stuff that he's done as vice president, for all of the evidence that is mounting. And I yeah. think that's really in, important to make sure that we, because there, there are a lot of people on the left who say, well, if he's so decrepit and so demented, how could he be this criminal mastermind? But it is possible that he is both of those things. <laughs> and so I, I do see that there is a need for Democrats to get a new candidate. I think there's a lot of nerves, but you've got deadlines that are coming up, Pastor Scott, to get people on the ballot. So the first one, I believe, is October 14th or 15th. To get a candidate on the ballot in Nevada, you have to have that name submitted. Yeah. So if they're going to do it, it's it's, it's going to have, have to be, be soon, fast. Unless the plan is, if there's a plan, mm-hmm. to deliberately let those expire and then say, well, Kamala Harris will be the candidate. The person. And that seems to be more on strategy with the Democrat Party because they've been trying to push her on us. For years. I mean, you'll remember they thought she was going to be the chosen one in 2020, but she never caught on with the American people. And so what did they do? They got her out early. She remember the first honest thing she said was that Joe Biden was a racist and he is a racist. Um, She gets out of the race. There's no love loss there. And then they put the pressure on Joe. If they make him the candidate, he has to pick Kamala, thinking that that she's going to catch fire as vice president. And she didn't again. So the DNC, the powers that be that run this swamp, I believe are really pushing Kamala, whether the people of the Democrat Party want that or not. They're pushing it in that direction. So that would be the way that they could do this and successfully maintain what they think is a viable candidate. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just in to talk about these things politically, for me, it's fun. You know, mm-hmm. for you, I mean, I'm serious about it. I yeah. care, but uh, it's intriguing to see how the politics works. You it's know, like professional wrestling. It is. It's just like that. And you have new seasons. Yeah, you, know, you can't turn away. <laughs> you know, and the the whole Donald Trump thing. You know, I I have people who on the Republican side. You know, I'll ask. You know, how are you feeling really about this? And people have gone from right after the election last year. One person I ask in particular. She was all for Donald Trump. Then she was against Donald Trump, yep. especially after the election. No way, I'm for Donald Trump. You know. And then after all these uh, indictments, now she's Back for him again. again. And I, so I asked her the other day, I said, now if he gets convicted of something, like he's an actual felon, mm-hmm. are you going to vote for him or not? And she goes, well, you know, there are felonies and then there are felonies. That's right. right? And I think we're going to have the most bizarre, le- if it is mm-hmm. Trump and Biden, we're going to have a president, pot- a former president, potentially a convicted felon of something. Yeah. Um, and then a current president who is probably been impeached by this point, I think, probably mm-hmm. in the time and being accused of something pretty bad, whether they prove it or not. And people are going to have a disturbing choice in a way. Yeah, I, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the polling indicate there's a new one out that says 40 percent of Democrats and Republicans would like a third party candidate. Forty percent. That's huge. And you're, yeah. you're, I know some of your background has been in politics. You know, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's huge. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, I think, is is one thing. I do still wholeheartedly believe that the only way forward for our country is with Donald Trump. And I know he is imperfect. And I know that he does a lot of things that make a lot of us feel a certain way, right? But I also believe that he is the only one who can go in, clean things up, knows where everything is. He doesn't need the four-year honeymoon period. He can just go in and start 
cleaning up the Department of Justice. Start cleaning up the FBI. These are really be serious threats if, if to our country. If that were to actually happen, because I think you know Republicans in particular have threatened for years to eliminate the Department of Education, eliminate all these federal jobs, but yeah. it never happens. No, uh, it could happen. You know, as we talk about this, I'm thinking. You know, we we spend a lot of time in our country talking about whoever wins the White House, but yeah. something that we've learned, especially through the COVID, is that local elections matter a whole lot, maybe even more in certain ways. I think much more. Yeah, and uh, so I want to talk about that with respect. To to the event that's coming up. This is an event that's put on by our sister station, which is our conservative talk station here at Salem. Can you uh, tell by my In case you couldn't tell, slant. you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have an opinion one way or the other I know. on this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's coming. Tell us about uh, Town Hall 23. I am so excited about this. Yeah. So uh, th- forget Democrat, forget Republican for a second. Let's talk about common sense. Living here in California, it seems that there's a lot that's under attack, right? There is a threat to our freedoms, a threat to our faith, a threat to us as parents. And this matters. This matters yeah. more than Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This I agree ma- with that. This I think it does. matters in a huge, impactful way for our, our families. And so what we've done with Town Hall this year, and I'm really proud of it, for the first time in history we're doing, and I call it like the star-studded pre-show. And part of our pre-show, we have Steve Hilton, who you might have seen on Fox News, but he is doing this bipartisan Golden Together uh, initiative, which is about improving California. His first aim is at making it more affordable for us to buy housing, uh, reducing regulations. He will be there. Sheriff Alex Villanueva, former L.A. County Sheriff, current candidate for the Board of Supervisors, a Democrat, but someone who is really ready to clean up the streets and make it safe and forget all of the woke stuff and just get back to business. And then a person who you've been on the show, I call her a hero, Sonia. Shaw, who yeah. is a mom who was not politically engaged, that was not her path in life. But guess what? She jumped in it and she's making news and she's fighting for parental rights in California. She'll be there as well. You know, what I think it's really inspiring about Sonia Shaw is when we had her on the show and you've probably had her too, right? Yeah. She, she said four years ago, I didn't even know what a school board was. Nope. Like she didn't know what that was. She didn't know who those people were on the ballot that you may or may not vote for. And then you vote for whoever's name looks nice, right? Yep. For whatever reason people vote. And now she's the school board uh, chairman or uh, president, I guess. Mm-hmm. What's the title of that? Uh, school board president. School board president yeah. at uh, Chino Valley. Chino Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has the uh, the great opportunity to be sued by Rob Bonta, our I state know, attorney Matt. general, because she thinks parents ought to know whether or not their kids uh, – are transitioning or not. It's and, wild, right? Yeah, What's happening in California, I would think it's a movie, yeah. but it's not. It's real life. And so they're going to be there at 1230. That's going to start our day at our pre-show, and it'll be fantastic. You'll be able to walk around, see booths from, from companies that might share ideology with you, and then our big town hall panel. And these are our titans of talk, I guess, if you will. We have Charlie Kirk, who is host of the Charlie Kirk Show. He is also the founder of Turning Point USA. Dennis Prager. Hello, Dennis Prager just recently on your show as well. He's got Prager University, the Dennis Prager Show, all of the rational Bibles. He will be there. We've got Officer Brandon Tatum, who is absolutely an up-and-coming superstar. He's got all of these YouTube views. A man of God. He is just fantastic. And... The great one from his bunker, Mark Levin, who has a book out right now that we have in here in the studio. Oh, here it is. There you go. This book right here. <laughs> the Democrat Party hates, hates America. America. So he has opinions also. I believe he has on, opinions. Yeah, but you know what? He's also a really smart guy, and he's a constitutional scholar. Yeah. And you know what's not Democrat or Republican? 
the Constitution. That's right. It just is. It's so true. That's and a he great, can really provide a lot of perspective, yeah. and he does. And that's concerning, I think, for all Americans. And, you know, I blink, I think, or I blink, I think. <laughs> and blink. Sometimes I blink. <laughs> uh, I think that 80% of people who listen to our program, 80% of us really could sit down and, and come to agreement on a lot of things that divide us, mm-hmm. that actually we really can. Yep. And, you know, something I think that's exciting about this town hall event this year is that come, it's coming from a conservative perspective, you know, obviously, but this time we have a lot of answers that I think are uh, nonpartisan, That's if you right. can think of it that way, that everybody can get on board with parental rights. Everybody can get on board with changing the direction of how we deal with homelessness, how we're mm-hmm. dealing with the border. I think I think that we really are seeing a possible moment of unity it's common sense policy. stuff. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, as much as uh, – and I talk about this on The Morning Answer on, on AM870. My mom is a Democrat, lifelong – well, almost lifelong. She switched to become a Republican – no, she switched to become a Democrat <laughs> to marry my dad. She was a Republican registered, but ever since then she's been a hardcore – staunch Democrat. Yeah. And she and I don't line up on a lot of issues politically. But man, when we sit down and we actually talk about what we believe when it comes to crime, when it comes to mm-hmm. parents, when it comes to these these issues about quality of and their quality of life issues, really family issues, we're not different at all. Yeah. We believe the exact same thing. And that's what we need to do a better job of in California, because it shouldn't be about party politics. This event, I promise you, is not going to be about party politics. It's going to be about getting people involved in the process, number one, making real change in California and saving what extremists have pushed our country in the direction of. And it's time to just bring some common sense and and sanity back. And the time is right now. The Mm -hmm. California primary is in March. The mail ballots get uh, put out in what, end of January? Coming up, I already got my little thing. Do you need it in Spanish? You remember? I mean, I think we all got those. So tell us, how do we get to this event? Well, here's what's really cool. There's a flash sale today. Today only. Pastor Scott, till 1159. General admission tickets, 50% off. You use the code word FLASH. Okay. F-L-A-S-H at am870.info, am870.info. Click on the town hall tab. Use code FLASH till 11.59 tonight. You'll save 50%. Get the tickets. You will not be disappointed. Universal Studios is the place. We're going to be at the Universal Hilton, beautiful hotel, and that'll be on October 1st, which is a Sunday. We kick things off. You're going to want to be there for that pre-show, so get there at 12.30, and you'll see on the website the whole schedule of events. All right, and we'll have a fun time. So you get the pre-show with people that uh, you've probably even heard on our programs and yeah. and the and the regular show with people you've heard on our programs and you hear on our stations all the time. Mark Levine, Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk, uh, Officer Tatum, who mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to meet him. And, of course, it's hosted by yourself and your co-host. That's right. How uh, can you go wrong? Uh, you can't. It's going to be a great time. So... Uh, a, the website again is am870.info. am870.info. It's half off until 11.59 tonight, so mm-hmm. you got to do that tonight. Yes. Jennifer Horn, thank you for being with me today on the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott's show. Number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. There are many Christian missionaries and uh, ministers around the world who take their life uh, into, uh, they, they risk their life for the sake of the gospel. And I've been thinking about this because there are so many stories of actual persecution and martyrdom and things like that. 
And the Taliban in Afghanistan this week uh, took hostage 18 people from a Swiss uh, mission group. It's a Swiss nonprofit group. It's called the International Assistance Mission, or IM in English. I think that's interesting. Uh, they don't call it IM. It's IAM is what they'll say. But I think it's interesting that it's IM. I wonder if they uh, they did that on purpose or if that's just uh, you know an interesting uh, coincidence. The International Assistance Mission. Now the, now, the mission group is saying that the Taliban has not explained why they kidnapped these people. There were a couple of different raids, one on September 3rd and another on September 13th. And they took away nearly uh, 20 people. It was 18, I guess, totally. And But the interesting thing is the Taliban has said, no, we'll tell you why we took them, and here's why. Uh, The Taliban, of course, you know, is uh, in charge of Afghanistan, and that happened 10 minutes uh, into our announcement that we're leaving a couple of summers ago. And they said this. They said, we took them because they are propagating and promoting Christianity. And they're very specific about that. The mission group has actually been in Afghanistan for 60 years. That's a long time. That country has gone through, think about that, 60 years all the different changes in that country and the different wars and the involvement of the Soviets back in the uh, 70s and 80s and our involvement there for nearly 20 years and so much, so many other things going on in that uh, war-torn and really in many ways destroyed country that still goes back into the hands of the Taliban, and that's where they are today. Something I just thought we should be aware of that. We should be aware that there are Christians who are so courageous that they risk their lives in a country where where there's, you know, especially right now, there's probably been some times when it was just as bad, but for right now, it's a, it is a dark time for them. So uh, we want to pray for them. What they do with this Swiss charity is, uh, you know, nationally there's charity and, and, you know, they are an NGO, but they're clearly a Christian group, but they work with healthcare and education. And they do so much work to help people in one of the uh, most poor and uh, war-torn countries in the world. And they do that in the name of Christ. And, you know, obviously they're sharing Christ and somebody got caught. There's a lot of secrecy that sometimes goes on with missionaries in different countries. I'm friends with a a missionary in uh, China, and I can't tell you his name or anything about him because he's in a region where you know, they're they're kind of coming after him. He's not in some of the big cities. And it's an interesting missionary uh, because he has to go in as a worker in other ways. You can't go in as a missionary. Um, and he says, oh, yeah, I'm sure they know what I'm doing. And as long as we're doing a good job, you know, for the economy and putting people to work, then uh, they turn the other, uh, you know, they turn away. But one day they might just decide they're done with me. And I just think, you know, he's so brave to do that. I was in a mission trip in El Salvador, and there's, you know, there's some danger, but nothing like this. You know, we had uh, we had a moment where we went to El Salvador on a church trip, and at the airport, we got detained by the police, and uh, it was kind of scary. They pulled us, they asked us to leave, you know, you get on the bus at the airport, typical air, you know, air terminal in San Salvador, but they wanted us to follow them, and we did, and they had pulled us over, and they had us go into off the side of the road and in this batch of trees that when you were underneath the trees, it was dark and it was already uh, evening anyway. And we just sat on the bus and we thought it was kind of silly at first because what had happened is the bus driver ran over one of those orange cones 
And But after we're sitting there for a while and after they pulled us over into this area, we thought, well, we're all going to die. We really uh, thought about that. And we prayed and we prayed. And the bus driver who was working with the mission team we were on, he was very upfront about what we were about and uh, who we are. And they were very interested in our cargo. And this particular trip, we brought down a whole bunch of Bibles, Spanish Bibles. And they... I don't think that's illegal, but it was a lot. We we brought a lot down with us. Like we loaded up that plane full of uh, Bibles, and we were on the on there praying and just thought. And the interesting thing is, and this is the way the Lord worked it out, is that our bus driver bribed the officers with the Bibles, and they said they would let us go if we gave them a bunch of Bibles. And we didn't know, do you want the Bibles because they're meaningful to you or because you can sell them? You know, there's there's a market for that down there. And we did. We gave them a bunch of Bibles and they let us go. I don't know what their plan was, you know, otherwise. And, and often in a lot of countries, that's kind of how you negotiate things, honestly. You know, we would find that really odd here, but that's how you negotiate things. That's probably one of the most, you know, frightening times I've ever had where I felt physically in jeopardy. You know, my life, I thought maybe in jeopardy for those just, you know, I don't know, it was 20 minutes where maybe half an hour where we really thought this is bad. But you have these groups that are in Afghanistan and they're in other uh, Middle Eastern countries, even Iran, other places where Christianity is illegal and where Christians are openly persecuted and often killed or imprisoned, uh, beat, And we just need to remember that our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are doing some amazing work uh, on behalf of the gospel, and they do it uh, fearing the Lord more than they fear uh, their captors or their potential captors. And we're not all called to do that. We are all called, I think, to be a witness to the people that God has placed in our life. Some of us are called to leave where we are and go be a missionary someplace else, even in a dangerous spot. Um, But I do believe we also are all called to pray for uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are missionaries and who are under threat and who are being arrested. So I just want to pray for them uh, as we uh, end the show today and invite you to do that. You, know, you can look up that story, uh, Taliban detains. Uh, um, uh, Amer- There's one American in the group, the rest of them are Swiss. We'll post that on our social media. You can find it at Pastor Scott Show on social media, at Pastor Scott Show. God, I just thank you for the people that you've called throughout the world who are sacrificing not just their time or their careers or a place to live, finances, or so many different things, but in so many cases, they're willing to give up their life, and they often do. God, we we thank you for their faith. We pray for their perseverance and their trust in you, these missionaries in particular in Afghanistan. We pray for their release. We pray that they would be a have good testimonies of you, even as they are captured. We pray, Lord, that they would be released, that they would be freed, and that they would be able to continue their ministry for the kingdom of God moving forward. We pray for their captors, that they would hear the gospel from these people and repent, and what a great um, result that would be. We know this is all in your hands, and we are grateful for that, Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, want to pray for him. So we'll all put that online here on uh, the uh, Twitter and the uh, Facebook page. Just go over to at Pastor Scott Show and uh, click subscribe or like or whatever the button is now. They keep changing it. You can also find us on the Instagram machine and uh, do that. Is that another old guy thing I do, calling it the Instagram machine? I just think that's kind of funny, but uh, maybe it sounds like, uh, you know, oh, it's the Instagram machine. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We're always on at KK 
kkla.com. I want to remind you the Pastors Conference, KKLA Pastors Conference is this Thursday. You can go to kkla.com, click the banner, and sign up for you or your church staff. We've got a lot of people going in a great program, and I look forward to seeing everybody there. We will be back tomorrow from 3 to 5 on the Pastor Scott Show. God bless you. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.